0: It is your favorite season, Market. It's Halloween.
1: <laughs> Ooh, I like your
2: evil
0: laugh, dude.
2: Thank you.
0: It is the Halloweeny roast number 2. Do it. Dos. Do <laughs> Whenever you get around to naming it in numbers it reminds me of the Halloween movie season, right? And we just saw the whole series of Jason and Michael Myers movies just appearing, like, leading up to Halloween on TV. I just watched oh, a bunch yeah. of them. Oh, that yeah. was some terrible fucking shit, man. That oh, was some yeah. terrible movie. At one point in the middle of uh, the first Halloween movie, right, Marisa says, is the main body of the movie just him moving from place to place, hiding and killing all the kids? And I went, yes! And it's always went, been that way. Uh, is there anything else on?
2: Yeah, you see all these movies starting to pop up all over the movie channel. Channels and the uh, network channels and the uh, cable channels over Halloween month are October. And it's wonderful. My favorite movie to see during the Halloween time period is Phantasm. It's still to this yeah. day is one of my favorites. And Halloween one still scares the bejesus out of me. It makes me really uncomfortable and squirmy to this day.
0: Is it a coincidence that a new series about Chucky, the murderous doll, is being launched? in Halloween season this year? I don't uh, think so. Man. Look, some of those movies are fun. Some of them are more horrifyingly bad than a two-year-old bag of candy corn. Did you ever find something like that, like old candy corn? And it's, yeah. like, it's like like rock, you know? That stuff's
2: got a half-life of like 235,000 years <laughs> or something like that. Holy End God. of the world. Yep. The
0: Roaches, Keith Richards, and candy corn. That's it.
2: But I tell you what, I know most people hate candy corn, but I really like candy corn. After Halloween season, I'm done with it, though. Quick little break, and then it's like, oh, too much later.
0: And then a year later, you find the remnants and decide. Am I going to eat it or not?
2: Do it again. Do it again. Just like the Valentine candy hearts at Halloween. Yes. Valentine's Day as well. Yes, so. a year later.
0: <laughs> well, we're all onto to a different track already, talking about Halloween and Halloweenies and all that. And uh, we thought we'd do something different this year to set up the Halloween season.
2: I'm excited by the fact that we are talking about these two bands who at one time or another may have scared people. But in oh, actuality, yeah. They're not really that scary. They're both just really amazing bands. And both bands, while viewed maybe as scary, had one hell of a sense of fucking humor, man. These two bands that we're going to be talking about, The Cramps and Typo Negative, had senses of humor like nobody's business
0: about themselves, about the music, about and- the industry,
2: about oh, society,
0: yeah. about
2: so many things. And they just. And the
0: funny part is, especially on Typo's part, their music was so heavy and dark that you had to really know what they were saying to get some of the, the humor embedded in it. The cramps, it was all like uh, right on top, you know, oh, <laughs> like yeah. party time, man, yeah. and a little uh, crazy, uh, crazy rockabilly thrown in, you know.
2: Oh, absolutely. The cramps totally in influenced by all of the old rockabilly artists going back to Eric Lee Perkaiser's early days in Stowe, Ohio, who is Eric Lee Perkaiser? Yes, who is he? He became known as Lux Interior, the front man of the cramps. And one half of the love story when we do a full breakdown overview of the cramps that we will talk about because the story of the cramps is a love story. It's wild their logo is influenced by the early tales from the crypt comics
0: the reason- you're going to love it when Seriously. I was doing my notes for this you're going to love it I was like it was like you with your peachy folders yeah. I was drawing uh, somewhere here in my stacks I got it <laughs> uh here it is yeah is that it no it's on the maybe maybe i recycled it it already but it was like uh their logo was drawing the logo and then like i was drawing human fly while i was listening to human fly and trying to draw what i thought the human fly logo would be and i kept going down song after song on through the especially on this one record right and i'm thinking Oh, Marcus would love it if there was video of this. But oh, absolutely. Nothing. He would
2: love to see something like that. But Lux Interior, Eric Perkheiser, grew up in Stowe, Ohio in the 40s and 50s. And they didn't have a lot of TV in smaller towns and suburbs in the Midwest. And for you to call the radio station in Cleveland, you had to pay the operator because it was long distance you got billed from suburbs to city like people have no idea and the rotary dial hang know, up
0: right now it's was a toll call
2: exactly exactly that they had to connect you to the operator sometimes to make sure that like the calls you know were billed properly like it was wild and at that time some of the channels started filling time with these B-rated horror flicks from the 50s and 60s as he was growing up. And so that's what all of the kids in Stowe, Ohio watched. And then in 57, this guy named Pete Mad Daddy Myers was on the radio in Cleveland, and he was playing things like uh, Dwayne Eddy and Link Ray and you know all of that rebel rock and roll mixed with the, the soul, man. the R&B. I mean, he also was a big uh, Little Richard fan. He said that uh, Tutti Frutti and both he and Poison Ivy believed that Tutti Frutti completely changed the world because it was dangerous in the way that the other rock and roll songs weren't. And that's a word that keeps coming up. It came up in Guns N' Roses. It's come up so many other times. And any time that word comes up, you know that music is great. So the cramps rockabilly horror, early goth, whatever you want to call them or label them as, they're a straight rock and roll band and when you listen to their sound, you will hear that straight rock and roll sound.
0: After 2 years of listening to you geek out about the Cramps, I finally dug in deep to those files you sent me a while back and I went on to Spotify and started exploring and I got to tell you, I'm glad you picked them as your side of the scary equation, but I found what you said right at the beginning. A lot of this stuff's just really cool music but i look i found the uh and I'll, I'll take a picture of it and post it so you can see how i got the cramps logo oh, there yeah like, there it is and, and, and uh there's the one oh right underneath it it says human fly see it can you yeah, see that one i don't totally. know if you can make that i out, can but, see it but that's i used to do that when i was a kid in school too but i put it right on to mm-hmm. the i had the blue denim type folder and i would just draw mm-hmm. right on there man that pissed mom off anyways but so what we're gonna do you brought up the cramps a band you love, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to give you my scary honorable mentions. How's that work? That sounds good, and then I'll
2: tell you my five favorite scary cramp songs. Absolutely.
0: Uh (laughs) All right. Both of mine are, uh, there's two of them, and they're both on that amazing debut album, which I can say because I listened to the other day, and I'm like, I'm getting my Marcus Diggsies guy so much because it also reflects who you are musically. Okay. But the album, the songs, the Lord taught us, which I find is very funny. There's two songs. One qualifies. Well, these two qualify because they have scary content. One is zombie dance, which is also a pretty damn cool song. the Winner, I guess, for my uh, honorable mention of the cramps, is I was a teenage werewolf. <laughs> Boy, that was a pretty heinous, evil laugh. It must be Halloween,
2: it's totally Halloween. I
1: was a teenage on my face. I was-
0: time of the month and what are your creepy crawly five from the
2: crops starting at number five because i think everybody would be scared if you ran into a situation where this occurred bikini girls with machine guns
0: Woo! well i'll be
2: If you are afraid of anything BDSM, you might want to stay away from this next song, The Creature from the Black Leather Lagoon.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you better ask my mama how to make a monster. I'm the creature from the Black Leather
2: I black and number 3 might be the drink you have if you go to a bar on halloween I
0: the thought of it i was thinking of uh what's the movie where they're making the soup and then the eyeball pops up i can't think of it it's one of those great movies comic movies with horror in it thinking of which there's a new adams family kind of like uh like the way animated yeah but i I haven't i've just been seeing little bits of it on football game commercials but hey look it's all about what's happening this season and that's why we're doing this podcast, right? I did not know that. Yeah, I saw it the other day. That's why. So, so where do we leave off? Did we lose your number two? I have number my three. number...
2: No, we stopped at number three, Eyeball in my martini. And number yes. two, devil behind the bush.
1: <laughs> well, there's a devil behind.
0: Definitely can think of two innuendos, and that's the front and back. And well, we'll just stop right there. And
2: don't forget the religious uh, aspect as well. Well,
0: well, I didn't even think of that. So there's three scary. I'm thinking things that are scary. The devil behind the bush. I'm taking it literally, I guess. Too. <laughs> you know, does he have a pitchfork?
2: <laughs> I tried it. <laughs>
0: Is he riding a Harley? Yeah. Is he got like is he like got the uh the, 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 the crazy wild psycho Billy hairdo? I don't know. <laughs> what does the devil look and like? Maybe a leather Halloween? jacket what costume is he wearing?
2: Oh we'll find out this year. <laughs>
0: and your number one scary hairy cramp song for this Halloweeny, Marcus. Harry would definitely fit in there because
2: if you were to run into a human fly it would be a pretty hairy scary
0: creature yes <laughs> with lots of eyes staring yes. at you when
1: I'm a human, I I got I I i I'm a using
2: And also Poison Ivy's guitar tone is absolutely
0: unbelievable in there. So, now we have it, your scary five from the cramps and my honorable mentions. But, you know, we've been sitting here in these costumes, and we have to let the audience know how we decided to choose our costume for this halloween celebration. I'll, I'll go first. He was my first concert, one of my first favorite interviews I ever did, and I just saw an image of Alice Cooper with a couple other scary superheroes like King Diamond, and, and, and I just thought, that's the perfect Alice makeup, and that's my costume, Alice Cooper, for this halloween
2: Excellent, Mr. And, Cooper. And Wanna... we're
0: still not worthy, right?
2: And would you like to play a round of golf <laughs> in your costume?
0: Sure, why not?
2: Dude, that's the golf tournament to do for Alice Cooper. You have to dress like Alice Cooper in makeup and play around a round of golf.
0: Everybody dresses out. Dude, At least it's your so makeup and hair,
2: makeup and right? hair, and a hat, and you have to have the full attire.
0: You have to wear an Alice Cooper. Extra like Extra points for a boa constrictor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing it. All right. Well, we're making a note. That could be our first big uh, celebrity outing for the podcast. Bingo. Famous Bingo. Toby Mamis, are you listening? <laughs> 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 and Marcus. I'm standing here with the whip in my hand, and the bow around my neck is Alice Cooper. And what is your costume, my friend? My costume
2: this year is a costume that was chosen by our son again for all three of us to dress up as, and that is a vampire bat. We are all vampire bats this year.
0: Oh, Nothing makes Halloween seem like a little more fun than uh, ABV. Let's just say that and the guys at Crooked Eye, they know how to chalk up the ABVs when it comes to making a good brew or anything else. So, let's hit to Crooked Eye and then we'll come back and we'll see the other side of this scary coin on the Halloweeny Roast number 2. <laughs> Well, it gets to be the holiday season, Marcus. You know, you start thinking about gathering with friends and in a lot of cases over a pint or over Pennsylvania distilled spirits or some wine or cider. Gee, where could we go? How about our favorite? It's Crooked Eye Brewery.
2: Right in the heart of Hatboro. It's a great place to share memories with friends and hear live music as well.
0: Speaking of live music, you can find out who's coming to play when on their Facebook page.
2: And as always,
0: the beers are continually being updated. As well as your favorites on tap at Crooked Eye. Right there in the heart of Hatboro and in the heart of Delco out by you.
2: Yeah, a few miles down the road from me at Jamie's House of Music, where you can see live music and grab a pint of your favorite Crooked Eye beer.
0: And if you're going into the brewery location in Hapro and you have a Crooked Eye fan in your life, stop by, have a pint, buy a gift card for the holidays, and stock up on Crooked Eye merchandise.
2: We know the holidays are always crazy, so if you want to slow down, make sure you stop by and make it Crooked Eye. Hey, are you bleeding? Yeah.
0: What?
2: Are you bleeding? I might be. Uh, you might need a transfusion. There's a lot of blood spatter mm. everywhere. Mmm. What blood type do you have? Typo.
0: Negative. Hmm.
2: <laughs>
0: is this the right place? It is. is this is Halloween roast number two it is I miss my friend Peter Steele I know you love him too he was a great guy super amazing guy yeah like a little intimidating at first and then you got to know him and he was supremely cool I remember seeing them at the theater of the living arts in Philly on South Street and after the show he was hanging around he was serving everyone beverages may I prefer you a beverage and he'd go to get it and bring it to people and he was like the host with the most, and not something you would see backstage at most concerts. If you saw anything like that, it surely wouldn't be the uh, the singer from the band serving you your post-show beers. And he was incredibly friendly. At that show, I took my daughter, who is now in her 40s, and she was like so intimidated because I think he was the first rock star that she looked at and went, hmm You know what I mean? When you're a teenager, whether it's a woman or a guy, there's somebody who makes you go, and I don't think that it hurt that his Playgirl spread had come out recently before that.
2: Plus, he's six foot eight, and with long, flowing, dark hair. Reminding one of Lurch. And a deep, baritone voice. Oh, my God, yeah. That can be very intimidating to people who don't know him or don't have never met him before yep. very
0: true so i thought it'd be great because they don't get enough love and they're certainly a band that i wish was still with us that still had music to make mm-hmm. and that peter was still with us so let's celebrate the gloomy doomy beautiful music of typo negative in this episode of the imbalanced history of rock and roll or halloween he roast number two so I did my honorable mentions, and you did your creepy crawlies from The Cramps. What is your honorable mention, Oh He Who Did an Extensive Interview with Peter Steele? I still pinch myself
2: every once in a while when I think about that interview with Peter Steele. It seems like it was totally surreal. I called his home phone number. He answered with something like, joe's moratorium you stab Ah! him we slab him and i was like uh and i totally panicked it was like 2007 as dead again was coming out
0: you never know when an artist is going to put you on like that at first just to see how you react and i was
2: like uh uh hello is peter there and i totally froze and he's like Ah! uh, uh uh this is he and i'm like hi this is uh marcus from wmmr and at first, I was like totally taken aback, but it warmed up right away. And if you hear the uh, interview on our website, imbalancehistory.com, you'll hear that it ended up warming up quickly. And I ended up taking 30 minutes out of the interview because we ended up talking about our father's passing away and the impact that it had on us. And it seemed so personal that I didn't feel comfortable sharing that something Hmm. personal without Do you feel better
0: about sharing it now? Because maybe you could put that in and include it on our website. Let me pull up
2: that segment, edit it, clean it up, and see if I can do that. And maybe we'll do that as well. With or
0: without it, you can find that interview for perspective on our website, Imbalance history.com we're trying to do more accompanying blogs like that when we can
2: yes and Peter Steele just an amazing human being we ended up yeah. talking a few more times after that and I wish I could find the mp3 of the message he left on my uh, cell phone voicemail that was absolutely over the toply great and amazing Marcus this is Peter I'm downstairs if you don't <laughs> answer the door I'm gonna come upstairs. Kill you and fuck your girlfriend. (laughs) Call me back when you get a chance, Peter. And I just was like crying laughing. My wife laughed because she had heard the interview and she thought he was really funny. I'd seen him a few times live at that point and then saw him again on the Dead Again tour, I think, which was at the Trocadero Theater. And man, just what a really amazing human being and sincere and honest and real. And nice. A really, nice. Nice really nice guy, too. Genuinely nice.
0: All right. Well, now that we've both espoused our love of the big lunk yep. and how much we miss him, yep. for My... your portion of the after-birthday party, what the... do you got, I've got for the honorable mention
2: of typo? two. Everything Dies from 1999's World Coming Down and Kill All the White People. <laughs> Because if there's one that shows Peter uh, Steele's sense of humor, it's a song like that one for sure. And it's one that can make people. you're singing it at a
0: show and you're singing those words and then you're just looking around to see if anybody notices what the fuck you're saying, right? Yep. That's
1: (laughs) funny. That's (laughs) funny.
0: And their sense of humor is insane. And they were wild practical
2: jokers on tour. So now that I have mentioned my two honorable mentions, Ray, it is time for us Mm -hmm. to hear your top five typo, negative, scary songs.
0: My creepy, curly five from typo starts at number five. No, not with black number one. It's only a hair color, for Christ's sake. Number five is Kill You Tonight. This one might be more obvious to everybody if you're a fan of Typo at number 4. I put in everyone I love is dead. And as we get older, it starts to feel more and more like the truth.
1: Everyone I love is-
0: Here on The Imbalance, History of Rock and Roll, Halloweeny Roast number 2. We're in the second half, talking about Typo Negative's Five Scariest, right? And this one's so obvious. The cover's obvious, right? Uh, There's the uh, inference of vampiric, sephotic love with bloody kisses, a death in the family. Oh, crimson. second part the that really makes it more gory and scary in and then number 2 other than the surface of the words if you really listen to the textures and tones and the underlying everything on Christian woman man it's that moment where i wondered if he was a vampire the way he delivers those words <laughs>
1: Shh.
2: It's funny because he can uh, scare the daylights out of you and still be super sexual at the same time. And it's a wild combination to wrap your head around, but it works in every way.
0: The thing was they knew what they were doing. If you really were into it, chances are you at least got that there was a a cheeky nature to it. Mm -hmm. And if not, you just totally dug the music, which was fine as far as I was concerned. And the majority of the fans, that's probably it. But people who were friends with them or worked closely with Mark and everybody at Roadrunner when it came to this album or Monty, there was so much love. With these guys, and the thing was that was great was they gave it back to the people who were their supporters out there to whatever level or degree it was. They just mm-hmm. had a good time with it. So, and that brings me around to our very scary number one on the typo side of the equation here. And I think I'm winning this thing if there is any such thing as winning on Halloween. As long really? does that mean I get, does that mean I get the good candy, daddy? Yeah. <laughs> really? And uh, number 1, you're going to be jumping up at that. Oh, yes, master. Yes, yes master. master. Hey. When I say our number 1 is the whole damn slow, deep and hard album. <laughs> Stick out the vinyl, drop the needle, any spot. It's amazing, and it's pretty scary stuff in the sonic realms.
2: If you think about it, it is. It's got that hardcore punk from the carnivore in the previous days, and it also gives you a chance to see what typo Negative was evolving into, and the vindictiveness in Peter Steele's lyrics are insane. He is so pissed off in those lyrics.
0: That was them bringing it all into focus, and even within the long-form songs, there were parts that stood out. Some people would just play the part leading into and out of it, right? Or they would pick a segment that they liked. It made it harder, even for the metal guys and gals who hosted shows, to get in, because most of the cuts were actually, you know, pretty damn long on the first one. But it indicated where they were going, like you said, and it showed that the way that things would go, and uh, that it was going to be a dark, scary ride, and that's Mm -hmm. why they're... Right in the middle of our Halloweeny roast, and that's why that album is, uh, and the, the pictures uh, that associated to the graphics are are classic, and that's why it's my number one out of the whole typo realm, so to speak.
2: Uh, what a great discography, and we both. Recommend you listen to their discography. At some point, we will do a complete breakdown and overview of Typo Negative. Their importance in music is monumental, just like the Cramps. Their importance in music is so. So huge. And like another thing you should check out with Typo Negative is all the wild covers that they do. They've tongue in cheeked some of those covers and changed the names of them. Like Hey Pete. Played with the words. Yeah. Like Hey Pete instead of Hey Joe. They did a wild tongue in cheek version of Summer Breeze. And
0: (laughs) I love that. In fact, it was almost part of my scary thing because if you were a Seals and Cross fan and you heard that, it would have scared the shit out of you.
2: Absolutely. And uh, the original one that they sent to Seals and Crofts was so like obnoxiously sarcastic that Seals and Crofts were like no you can't use it we'll let you do a straight cover of it only you can't use this wild version of it <laughs> I would love to see that letter I would love to see that letter as well or hear that phone call between Seals and Crofts and the record label <laughs> But they've done a lot of Beatles stuff. They've done some Sabbath covers. They're heavily influenced by Sabbath yeah, and the Beatles. they the, the NIB record, yeah. So, yeah. Also, Craftwork was another one of their influences. So they've been influenced by many of the same bands that we have, and they've just bent the blues to their own doom and gloom. Typo,
0: the Cramps. On the Halloweeny roast here on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll, we got a couple of nice emails this week. I wanted to get into the mix here, if you don't mind. Uh, Anthony Marinaccio said, "I just want to say you guys do a great job, and this has become one of my favorite podcasts." Thank, thank you, man. Thank you very I'm much. I'm I'm an armchair rock and roll archaeologist, and I appreciate the history. And you know what? We were in the rocking chair, and we decided to get out of it and get together regularly and put together this podcast. So that's kind of the beginning point for a lot of people who end up doing more than just listening to the music. But by the way, if you're going to do that, being in the armchair is a good spot if you're going to enjoy all the rock and roll. That's not going to say. Got another one here from Carl Bondi. He says, hey, guys, really enjoy your podcast. Stumbled on it a couple months ago, and I think I'm all caught up now. He says, I'm an auto worker, so I spend most of my day consuming podcasts and playlists. Among others, I really enjoy podcasts about music, follow you guys. Also, the ongoing history of new music, MTV's Behind the Music, 60 Songs, Heart-Shaped Pod, etc. My question is, do either of you listen to any of the other podcasts out there that you recommend? I did send him a note. I don't know if you saw that uh tell them about our friends here on the pantheon network and also reminding about Vinny and uh carmine's uh podcast and the pantera drag the waters and all there's just a ton of great music podcasts out there and i would say to anyone that's looking for other stuff the pantheon network just go to pantheon and you'll see where we're in there in the whole mix of things and there's a lot of great podcasts there it's a good spot to start so thanks to carl for checking in He says, thanks a lot for your show. Keep up the great work. Cheers from your northern neighbor. He doesn't say it, but I'm guessing he's from Canada, eh?
2: He's getting into toque season because it's getting cold up there. Oh, yeah, fan mail from some flounder. I can't wait to wear all my toques.
0: Well, you won't have to wait very long, even here in the southern portion of the great white north. (laughs) And if you got anything you want to add to today's conversation or anything you hear while you're listening through, like Carl, make sure you send us an email at imbalancehistory at gmail.com. You can also respond
2: on our social media at The Imbalance History of Rock and Roll on Facebook. Twitter at Histo and of course Instagram the imbalanced history of rock
0: and roll. Well, we hope you have a very scary, fun Halloween and that you check the kids candy before you steal your share, mom. <laughs> We're there now. <laughs> yes, you guys are. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eric. You're allergic to peanut butter, so Dad has to confiscate all the Reese's cups. It's true. <laughs> it's it's not. I would compensate by giving extra what he liked, you know, mm-hmm. that he could eat.
2: That's so funny.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, you guys have fun in your <laughs> in your. Uh, Family costume, I'm uh, saying that the Vegas line is only two out of the three will be in the costume. For some reason, something will change, and that's reminded me of last year when you end up not wearing the captain's costume or whatever it was you were wearing hey Halloween man it's a crapshoot I mean you got kids you got to be prepared to get into the big beast suit and wear it for two three years running if that's what the little princess the little beauty wants so that's bad. what happened with uh, Lauren when she was uh, two three four I was the beast that's so cute I still have, that's the thing is I still put the thing on every Halloween Mark. It's, it's getting a little weird for Marisa you know what I'm
2: saying <laughs> Do it in cram style and become the BDSM beast.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right, let's wrap it up. All right, grab that candy for me. I'll take the popcorn balls, and uh, we'll say we'll see you the next time we do this crazy podcast. I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus Goldman, and this has been the Halloweeny roast number two on the Imbalanced History of Rock
2: and Roll.